Hey folks, do you like podcasts? Do you have hobbies? Well, here's the show for you. The Hobby Shop Talk Podcast. Featuring childhood friends and old school noobs, Luke and Matt. This is the Hobby Shop Talk podcast, and it's episode 23 now, and uh, I'm back, and with me, as usual, I guess not always, because I'm not always here, is Luke. Yeah, I found out I'm super bad at doing the intros. (laughs) (laughs) Very lackluster, so kudos to you. Not that yours is that good, but... No, no, I, I should be, I need to, you know, get back. It's been almost like we were saying two months. So like stuff that we had ready to talk about comics that we read are like two months old in some cases. So we had to go back and, and refresh. It's just been busy. Uh, well, at the end of the last one that we recorded together, we joked about recording in June. Oh, yeah. And, and then you're like, haha, <laughs> don't say that because it might actually happen. And, and it did. Lo and behold, luckily uh, the brothers came over and we did a couple. Yeah. in between but yeah we both uh like i went back to the office you know more days a week and you got a different job so it's just yeah. hard to line up everything i got a full-time job plus i'm currently working the store on my own as brent is doing some construction and here's what i was talking about luke we're getting an in-action uh delivery here to prairie hobbies and games for boulders gate commander legends which we'll talk about soon but uh just, just pulled up in front of my store sweet Luke, baby, you got <laughs> yeah, I'll talk. I'll talk about uh, playing historic on Arena because I haven't played it in a while, and I realized like the first five decks I played were a form of emergent ultimatum. So that card is search your library for up to three monocolored cards with different names and exile them. An opponent chooses one of those cards. Shuffle that card into your library. You may cast other cards without paying their mana cost, exile, emergent ultimatum. But anyways, what they do is they use Faithless Looting, which is, uh, I think, draw two cards and discard two cards, or one card, I can't remember. It's a popular card. But then they use that to go look for... Oh crap, now I already forgot what it was called. They either try to get solve the equation... And I'm back, by the way. I was just uh, cutting open as we speak the commander... Legends, Boulders, Gates, Commanders, because we will be talking about them, and I will be looking at them in hand. Nice. No, I was just talking about how I've been playing Historic on Arena, and I've run into the same deck like five times in a row, and I got annihilated because I only did best of one. (laughs) But it uses, uh, it tries to, let me see if I can explain it again, even though I just did mostly, but... uh, it uses that emergent ultimatum where you can search for uh, three different monocolored cards and then you can uh, play one or your opponent puts one back into your library. And then let's see here's three different monocolored names and exile them. So they have to be different names. An opponent chooses one of those cards, shuffle that card into your library, and then you can play the other two without paying their mana costs. So they just stacked their whole deck with super awesome cards. <laughs> um, and then a bunch of discard cards like Faithless, Faithless Looting. And then they use uh, Solve the Equation to go find... Let me, I was trying, that's what I was trying to think of what that card name was. 
So it was like Mizic Mism's Mastery or something. Anyway, so then they just usually by like turn four, they then they can get like a super awesome board state. Oh yeah, so it is Mizic's Mastery. So exile tire card, that's an instant or sorcery from your graveyard. So that's why they want to discard emergent ultimatum. And then for each card exile this way, copy it, and you may cast the copy without paying the mana cost, and then you exile that. But anyway, so they just try to draw a bunch of cards, discard a bunch of cards till they get Emergent Ultimatum into the graveyard, and then use that Mizzix Mastery to play Emergent Ultimatum, and then they get two awesome cards out on the board state. So instead of doing best of one, because I just kept getting beat by him, because by like, I was using my aggro red, white, green deck. I don't know, I should probably cut it down to two colors, but anyways. After I played those a bunch, I went to best of three and sideboarded Dranith Magistrate, which you can only play spells from your hand, which, you know, negates pretty much all those other cards. And then uh, Deafening Silence, I think is what it's called. Yeah, Deafening Silence, where you can only play one non-creature spell each turn. So then that negates a lot of that stuff too, so. Like when I started playing best of three, like they would, you know, once I would lose the first game because I didn't know if I was going to, you know, need a sideboard or not, but then I'd win the next two and you can tell they weren't happy because yeah. <laughs> they just probably rage quit. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, uh, you can't blame them sometimes because, you know, I'm, you've, I'm guessing you've done that in Madden and hockey a few times. Actually, I try not to. I was because... actually going to say, you're the one that usually says, no, let's try and finish it. I would yeah. probably be like, eh, screw this. Me and the brothers were talking about that, like... <laughs> Because it's it's gives that satisfaction to the other player so much when you just quit if you're down by like five goals. Yeah, like I'll keep playing if they score another goal. I'm like whatever. <laughs> uh, like they're probably more annoyed because then they can't go play another game. They got to play out that one. Well, the other thing, uh, a couple things I think we it's magic wise we got to talk about is uh, Luke actually came to the store and it had been a while too since you'd been to the store and you finally got to uh, play Brent. There was a, a yeah. challenge made. And I kind of told you, you know, I've been, you know, building up my decks since I own the store now. And I've been learning a lot, actually, just because I mean, I'll be honest, I'm an old school noob and, and they're they're not. Uh, and uh, so I was telling Luke how it's like I'll have my commander out and they'll have a full board of stuff. And I'll just always joke like, well, I got my commander out or, you know, to be like turn two and they'll have like four things out already. And I'm like, I got a couple land. Maybe next turn I'll have a mana rock. <laughs> well, I knew they had competitive decks, and just from talking to you and them, uh, I knew my decks wouldn't <laughs> really hold up, and obviously they didn't. So, but yeah, it was just fun to play against them. They had some pretty what? sweet decks, uh, pretty creative, and I usually don't, I usually don't go for uh, combos or infinite stuff. Um, mostly because I'm lazy, probably, and poor. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, same, I don't. I'm more casual too, and even in playing with those guys. I mean, I do have my, and I'm going to go through those as part of this too, just mentioning what my four commander decks are at the moment. And then, like I mentioned, see which one I might pick out from behind me. But uh, what do you recall? Uh, I see too many games at the store now. What everybody played in, when we played uh, that game? Yeah, Brent played uh, Kinnan or Keenan. Kinney. Keenan. Yep. Keenan Ivory Waynes. Is that a real <laughs> actor? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> funny guy uh and then uh dylan played 
And he had a mono green one, I believe, with an elf commander. But I'm trying to think of who it was. Well, he also has Keenan. Did he play Keenan as well? Because he has Keenan with the uh, elves. Oh, so yeah, that's what he played the second game. Because they yep. switched. Because then Brent, second game, he played goblins, I believe. Yep. Yeah. So, and he uh, had a horde of goblins by the time <laughs> I think I got my commander out. Yeah, so that uh, with his Keenan, he's able to eventually go find whatever he needs, which a lot of times can turn out to just be a walking ballista, and at which point he has infinite mana. Yeah, he beat us. Yeah. Which I was pretty pretty proud of myself, because I played, uh, I forget what it is, but it's a rebound card that you get hexproof, so when you play it, it's one planes. And then he brought a walking ballista, and he's like, I'm going to, you know, ping everyone for infinite damage. And I said, nah. Then I played that, so I had oh, yeah. hexproof. But then he's like, all right, well, take your turn, you know, I'll just <laughs> go find everything. And I was like, well, I get two turns because technically the rebound, I can recast it. But I, I couldn't find anything. And he was doing so much stuff. I just I was like, all right, I believe you. <laughs> I don't there's not much I can. Uh, I do have definitely uh, deflecting palm, which prevents all the damage and does it back to the controller of the spell or the source of the damage. So if I were to draw that, I'd but I think he had some counter spells that he could have countered it. Typically, it, and does, it was, yeah. that's he typically does mana. He's able to draw so much too with some different things. So usually he's got a counter. <laughs> yeah. When he needs it. But uh, yeah, so I was mentioning they both have Keenan. So that was a game, and now it's been a while. But I remember just kind of the end because I was actually working. I you know my day job now, so the guys would be playing in the other room, and so I'd go in between working phone calls and things and check out the game and they were playing uh a game with i think brent was uh keenan I, I don't remember what dylan was using i just remember that uh devin had made a mill deck a uh because his uh fiance is uh that's what she likes to play and you know so it's a mill deck and he made it pretty powerful and uh he actually had brent i think down to two cards um and the next turn, he would have uh, drew out his deck um, with what Devin had on the table, and he was able to, uh, through some craziness, uh, get Walking Ballista and kill him, or he would have been dead next turn. Uh, but so that was a pretty epic game when they got down to where he was almost milled out. Uh, uh, Dylan was the same. Most of his deck was milled. He was down to like seven cards. And uh, and so the, what they, the other part of this is they... Now the, uh, those three each have a Keenan deck, but built in different ways. So as I was mentioning, Dylan's uses uh, elves. Uh, you see, you had seen Brent, his is, uh, I think, I can't remember if that's the one he calls everything you can do, I can do better, I think. I think that's what mm. they call it. Um, lots of artifacts and things. And uh, I mean, that's his, his go-to blue and artifacts. And then, uh, Devin, I can't recall his either, but either way, they play. It's pretty fun to watch. They both are. They all three now have pretty powerful Keenan decks, and uh, so it's fun to watch them play those. Yeah. Also, in their second game, I think when I switched over to my enchantment deck, um, I think Dil, uh, no, Brent swung at me with a bunch of stuff. So, and I had to settle the wreckage, which oh, yeah. uh, wiped out a bunch of his creatures, but. Still by the next, you know, his next turn, I think he uh, <laughs> took me out anyway. Yeah, but, they uh, can build up quick. That's the other thing yeah. I learned. It's like, if I board wipe, I just make them mad, and then they're just built up the next turn, and I'm not built up. Yeah, <laughs> it's, quick. it's like all tapped out. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
Any other so what other games have you played? And then I'll, I'll talk. I'll I'll run through my top four decks right now. What I'm playing. Well, I, was, I was just talking about that deafening, or no, the deflecting palm. It's a red white uh, for two mana. But I was playing at uh, Lewis's game shop. It's been a while now because we haven't obviously recorded. But uh, it was a we had a four player game going, and it came down to. Pretty much me and another guy using uh that's the snake commander that anytime someone draws a card, you he gets to create a one one snake creature. So basically he wants you to draw a bunch of cards, then he gets a bunch of snakes, and then he has a card that can if you tap a creature for mana, or maybe even a snake, I don't remember exactly, but uh you you can tap it for mana. So then basically he can get close to infinite uh mana. So, let me see if I can find it here. I took a picture because. Do you have the Jeopardy music you can uh, put right here? I do. <laughs> I actually got a, um, I got uh, what is it called? I got one of those keyboard slash drum machines, and there's a sound effects thing on it. So <laughs> I thought it'd be fun to hook it up while we're doing this. Just have the most annoying podcast ever was just constant. <laughs> Little, uh, I feel like those uh, old school internet uh, websites from the 90s yeah. with like flames and dancing yeah. babies. <laughs> Have a seizure when you open a website. Yeah. All right. So anyways, first he used, what's that red card? I think when I was at the store once, someone was looking for it. Uh, is it Jeskai's Will? Jeskai's Will, yeah. Just, yeah. So he played that. And then he played, oh, of course, I. oh, Cerebral Vortex. So basically, and he had just made me draw like probably 25, 30 cards. So, and then it's Cerebral Vortex says target player draws two cards, then Cerebral Vortex deals damage to that player equal to the number of cards they've drawn this turn. And I had drawn like probably 30 or 40 cards that turn, so I had like <laughs> half the deck in my hand. And then he, he played Cerebral Vortex, so then I did Deflecting Palm, which he tried to counter, but then I countered his counter. And then I end up winning because one person had already been knocked out and then that knocked him out. And then I knocked out the, <laughs> the last guy next turn because I had a pretty big board state. But yeah, other than that, I don't really, um, and besides playing on arena that the historic, that's about all I can remember anyway. <laughs> yeah. I played a lot of, uh, a lot of games at the store recently with, and I was just going to go through my decks. So I have my eggs. So the first one I have is still one I've talked about my prosper tone bound. I haven't played with that much. It's definitely my most powerful deck. So usually when I'm playing with Brent and Dylan and them, and you know, I always ask depending on who we're playing with, you know, Hey, should I use my exile deck? Cause you know, I'm not a very aggressive player. I don't really care if I win. So like if we're playing with people, you know, more, um, you know, not as powerful, I don't play with that deck. So the two I've been, uh, and then I'll do, I have my Goblin deck, which I've talked about before. So I've got my Crinkle Mob Boss, my Prosper Tonebound Exile uh, deck. The two I've been playing with are, uh, it, it started out as the Riveteers, yeah, Streets of New Capita Riveteers Rampage. And it had uh, Henzi Toolbox Tori as the commander. And you know, having the blitz ability for creatures four and over, uh, four mana and over. Well, I played that for a bit, and uh, well, so I, I should preface this also that I've changed quite a bit in the deck. It's I made it very themed with a lot of the new Capena cards, and it's just a lot of a lot of the you know the the mob 
kind of theme the the thugs it's a black you know red and green but uh so i've switched out the commander a few times uh so i used henzi toolbox tori and then i switched inside the deck uh it came with actually i think two other commanders uh but the one that i've actually played with it came with crush the blood rated uh which is two a black red and a green whenever another creature dies you may put x one one counters on crush the blood rated where x is that creature's power i haven't used that one uh but that is an option that came with the deck um because there is a lot of sacrificing if if i want to bringing things back uh so that one would work so the other deck I've been playing with more recently started out as the Riveteers Rampage from New Capita, and it was uh, with Henzi Toolbox Tori. So the, the main point was, came with a lot of big creatures and things. Uh, with Henzi, you can do Blitz. So if something has a four mana cost or greater, uh, you can bring it up for its Blitz cost, which is his mana cost. But with Henzi, it's one less every time he I've played Henzi. So the first time... You know, they cost one less, uh, you know, so next time I uh, bring them out, it's two less. And he's only a three cost, so, you know, he's one I can easily sacrifice and bring him out multiple times to use those abilities. But I got rid of all those big creatures just because, I don't know, it was it, the theme bores me. I'm not a big creatures just for big creatures guy. So I added lots of the uh, cards that kind of went with the theme of the deck. Uh, you know, some of the, the like here, Mr. Orfeo, the boulder uh body dropper he's uh, just so there's a lot of more themed guys that uh uh that i don't know i just like a better tenacious underdog um but uh so a lot of the cards from the new capitalist sets so i took out those big creatures so the henzy just doesn't make too much sense because i don't have as many big creatures and i'm not a huge fan of the that ability anyways where they you know i bring them out i i get to use them quick then they die and go to my graveyard the blitz I mean, I mechanic could, yeah the blitz mechanic so I don't know. I just wasn't a huge fan. So then I went to uh, the other one, the Beamtown Bullies, which also came in the deck. That one, I can give those creatures to people on their turn and goad them so they can't attack me. Um, so again, it made more sense with those big creatures that came in the uh, in the deck initially. Uh, but I really liked the deck, so I was trying to find something else. So now I switched over to Zayatora. Uh, even though it's expensive, this is kind of one of my decks. It's not as uh, competitive, I guess. It works pretty well, but I mean, it's a so it's, this is a six cost commander, though. So it's a green, a red, a black, and three others. It's a legendary uh, demon dragon creature, and it's flying. At the beginning of your end step, you may sacrifice another creature. When you do, Zayatora, the incinerator deals damage equal to that creature's power to any target, and I get three treasure tokens. Uh, so. I have a couple of different uh, wing cons around treasure tokens like Revel and Riches and um, uh, I can't recall the dragon that I get to take uh, some of these artifacts when I hit them. And when I get 20 or more, I win the game at the beginning of the upkeep. Anyways, so I switched up and I've been playing that deck. That's more of just a uh, casual, but it's a pretty fun deck. And then my final is, uh, I think I've talked about it, but I've been playing it and I want to kind of make it a little bit more powerful because it's been working well is my Karth the Lion, which is really, it started out as a Gurok uh, deck. So I had all the Gurok Planeswalker. And when I was a commander noob and didn't realize that I couldn't use a Planeswalker, and nobody told me for the longest time as I was playing it. Anyways, and then I came up with Karth the Lion. So it's a, uh, uh, they call it a Golgari deck, black and green. Uh, but uh, with a lot of different planeswalkers and Karth, uh, he 
when he comes out, I got to look at the top seven, find a planeswalker and show it and put it in my hand. Um, whenever a planeswalker dies, I get to do that same thing. And then planeswalker loyalty abilities, I activate cost an additional plus one. So, you know, I can bump them up really quick and get to their ultimates or it's nice on the minuses too. You know, it's just one less than it normally would be. Uh, so this one, this deck though has been playing pretty good. I think I'm going to, uh, it's not as powerful as my exile, but that's going to be the next deck that I think I make a little bit more powerful. Uh, is my Karst the Lion deck? So, anyways, that's just so. Is he just uh, a swamp and a forest then to get out? Uh, so he is cheap? a swamp, a forest, and two others. So he's four. Oh, so he's four. Yeah, he's he a was... three. He's a three five. Yep. Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a fun deck, and uh, I like the planeswalkers. A lot of them, you know, I'm bringing out once I get a handful of planeswalkers, and they're all bringing out creatures and. You know, they have some pretty crazy ultimates. It can be pretty fun. So I just need to speed it up is really the the big thing. Um, uh, it, you know, and I've won some games. I even won a, a game recently, and, uh, man, we are such noobs at this because I'm so bad at remembering all the names because there's too many cards. But it's where I, it's, uh, I think it's two green and then double X, and then I get a double a creature's, uh, I don't know if it's power and toughness, but either way, power. So, you know, in that deck, I do end up with some, you know, say seven, seven trample. And then when you get a times that by four, like the other day, I ended up with like a 96, 96 trample to win the game in a a, a uh, one-on-one game. Um, And so, yeah, it's been working pretty good. I just got to get it a little bit faster. As I was saying, you've seen, you know, sounds like 10 mana rocks minimum, but 15 is more what people are doing uh, recently. Is that what you've seen? I guess I don't know. Um, I have been adding more, and I, after yeah, playing uh Brent and Dylan, I was like, I gotta add more, especially to my uh, um Kai card deck, because you know even with those, if Kai cards out, I do get a spirit when I lay the uh, artifacts. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I need more mana rocks in there. Yeah, and so, I think so- I have some of like those, um, signets that yep. I took out. Oh, originally but i should probably put them back in yeah the signets are good i mean so um another guy tyler that comes in he's very knowledgeable he, uh, brent even says you know he's i think the most knowledgeable player he plays with and asks him for advice and he had brought up to ken a guy i've talked about in the store the other day and told him to have uh 15 mana rocks and uh so ken was working on that and it's like i i mean i could see it if you want to be more competitive because so many decks are like that by turn two or three you know they have their commander out and they're already working and you know, if you're not, you're so behind the eight ball by the time it even you get your commander out, it doesn't even matter at that point. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's the turn one soul ring is so yeah. good. Because then if you get a turn yeah. one soul ring and then you and have signet. like a signet in your hand, yep. I think they're two mana. Yep. So your first turn, you could have soul ring out and then a signet. Yep. And then your next turn, you can, <laughs> and then the next turn, you can play your commander yep. usually. Yep. I have that, I have that in all my decks. I mean, I have the 10 right now because that's what uh, a lot of when I started playing with these guys, I put 10 in all mine. Um, you know, there could be an extra one or two, but now I think I may look and find a few more. But the problem is, is uh, to get some of those cheaper manor, you know, the manor rocks are, they're spendy, as in yeah. costs a lot of money. Otherwise, you could put in more, but they're just going to be the, you know, three and four cost, which are better yeah. than not having them, but you're still going to be behind if people have the, the better, more expensive, quicker. It's like Thran Dynamo or... Uh... Yep. That's it, but you know if you get a mana crypt that's a hundred times better yeah yeah and a hundred more dollars uh 
Well, so in interest of time, because we even mentioned this, but we're going to split this into two. So I don't know how far we're going to get here, but just know that we're going to record in the next few days because things are getting more back to normal and have episode 24 soon after episode 23. So I'm just going to say that now as I'm looking at time. But how about we just go into, because we got a lot to still talk about uh, magic. We've talked about, uh, you know, now we have just today now boulders commander legends boulders gate coming in talk a little bit about uh about that we were going to talk about some of the mechanics there's some new mechanics and then uh we each uh you know we talk about the commanders and then uh each pick which one we would add to our uh the decks we're playing so uh with that luke uh i think you're you know you're still the more mechanics guy than me definitely uh if you want to give us a preview of some of the, the new mechanics and your thoughts. Well, I haven't looked at them yet, but uh, it looks like one is called Avoidance. I, don't, I honestly haven't even looked at them. I was basically <laughs> like checking out the creatures and stuff because I thought you were going to yeah. do the mechanics. Okay, hold on, hold on. Pause. Let me find it. Uh... Well, this is, I mean, so each color gets a new ancient dragon, elder dragon that looked pretty sweet. Um, I know the ancient brass dragon that preview has been out for a while, but now I think uh, the newer ones are ancient bronze, which is green. But they all have the roll a d20 to see what you get. Um, the green one you can put x plus one counters on up to two target creature. Uh, the red one is you create that number of treasure tokens. The white dragon is you create number of 1-1 one, one blue fairy dragon creature tokens. And then the blue one is you draw that many cards and you have no maximum hand size for the rest of the game. Nice, nice. And that's when they deal combat damage only. Not when they come into play, but... Well, speaking... But yeah, they're pretty beefy uh, dragons. The blue one's an 8-8, white one's a 7-10, red one's a 6-5, green is 7-7. And the black is a seven six, so yeah. Somebody somebody had just mentioned, you know, that uh, dragons. There's a lot of really good dragons in this set, which makes sense. D and D, lots of dragons. Uh, I think the main mechanics. We go talking about mechanics uh, that I'm that, and I think most people are interested in is the backgrounds. And uh, I'm on the just the magic uh, or the wizards website, you know, uh, reading them talk about the new mechanics. And so the background is a, in a new type of enchantment. It's a legendary background card and they represent the story that brought your commander to the port point where we find them now. Each one gives your commander a bonus that will help them and therefore help you in the game. Most often this bonus comes in the form of an ability your commander gains or a boost to their power and or toughness. So yeah, backgrounds. I mean, that's pretty interesting. A, an enchantment. Uh, and I like how it tells the story, you know, of your commander so you can, you know, kind of add something. Again, I like themes. So to me, all this is great. Yeah, I forgot about those, uh, the backgrounds. Yeah, so I'm looking at some, uh, you know, on, on here, they just have a few. Um, yeah, Folk Hero is in the black and white deck with uh, Nalia de Arnis. But uh, her background is commander creatures you have, you own have. Whenever you cast a spell that shares a creature type with this creature, draw a card. This ability triggers only once each turn. So white getting some card draw. And I, I noticed a few other cards with white card draw. So that's yeah. always good for us white players. I'm looking at this, the cultist of the absolute. It's just one black. It's, uh, 
Its commander creatures you can you own get plus three three and have flying, death touch, ward, pay three life, and at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice a creature. That's pretty interesting because you know in in a lot of times in uh, black and you know you're going to be sacrificing creatures anyways, and uh, so that's pretty crazy. So that's yeah, it's a cool ability adding to the you know commander. Um, you know, so that is cool that they're at, you know that your commander is now getting pumped up and uh so that that's uh i think that was a big one uh the other one that uh really just goes to uh dnd uh, is the uh the initiative i mean i think uh i'm assuming this is like uh you know in dnd &D you roll for initiative whenever you go into battle um and so any it says any veteran of the game can tell you that initiative is pretty important in D and D and it's uh important in Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate as well. Uh in Magic Turns, the initiative is a designation that a player can have during the game, similar to the monarch from the past. When the game starts, no player has the initiative, and there are three ways for a player to take initiative. The most direct way is to play uh there's some specific cards. This is giving a white plume adventure card um, when it enters the battlefield you take the initiative also you can uh the second way is to take the initiative so you attack the player who has it and the third way is to uh to take the initiative is the player who currently has the initiative leaves the game um so then when that happens the player whose turn it is takes the initiative at that point um and when you do have it there's three big bonuses uh, first, whenever a player takes the initiative, they venture into the into Undercity. Undercity is a new dungeon card. Uh, this will happen even if that player already had initiative at the time. Second, the player with the initiative ventures into the Undercity again at the beginning of their upkeep. And third, several cards in the set get better if you have initiative. So that's a lot. I was like, that's went all over my head. I'm not gonna play any I'm not gonna play any of those cards. <laughs> so yeah, so that's another dungeon. Um and then apparently though there's cards that'll, you know, boost up those abilities. Um and then yeah, it goes to the next is dungeons. I won't talk, you know, that we had dungeons previously, so you can venture into the dungeons and now the undercity is a new one. And then here's what you were talking about, Luke. The next it said end dragons. Um it says uh, dragons are an equally equally important part of D and D experience, and many of them appear in this set. Uh, and then finally, gates. There's actually Boulder's Gate, which is a you can tap it for a uh, just basic or just a um, whatever. A, I'm losing my train of thought. Just a, who am I saying? Just tap it for mana, and then you can tap two and add X. Mana of any one color where X is the number of gates you control. Did you ever use gates? I usually do in my commander decks, and then I put in, like, what is it, migration path, where you can look for two basic lands or gate cards, and then uh, put them onto the battlefield. But it's just, yeah, good. Gates are nice. Obviously, coming in and play taps suck, but and shock yeah. lands are better. But. <clears throat> but, and then the, is this the last one? Nope, there's a couple more. It's uh, Myriad. Myriad is a returning mechanic. I don't remember it. It lets a creature attack in all possible directions. Whenever a creature you control with Myriad attacks for each opponent other than the defending player, you may create a token that is a copy of that creature to attack that opponent or a planeswalker that opponent controls. Do you recall 
I don't have... remember that one, so I don't. I was curious what uh, set it was from, but uh, yeah, I th I think that's a white only mechanic, from what I've seen anyway so far. Maybe it's not though. Yeah, I'm not uh, not sure on that. Uh, the last one is Adventures, um, which they had previously again, so you can uh, you know you can do an adventure. Here's the monster manual. Uh, tap one green, add uh, and three others. Um, on the adventures, a sorcery adventure, mill five cards, then return a creature card milled this way to your hand. And then you can tap two, you may put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. Anyway, so yeah, having uh, adventures, I don't think I really did much with those. Did you, Luke? And I, I was playing at the time they came out because it was in, uh, what was it, uh, Throne of Eldraine, which, uh, you know, pretty powerful set. But yeah, adventures are pretty cool. And looking right here, there's... Uh, if you want to have a commander as your, you know, or if you want a commander adventure deck, you can use Gorion Wise Mentor, who is a legendary creature, human wizard in Bant colors. So it's three mana, forest, plains, and island. So he's a 3-4. He has vigilance. And whenever you cast an adventure spell, you may copy it and you may choose new targets for the copy. So, and then right next to it is Horn of Valhalla, which is an adventure so the sorcery on that is create X11 white soldier creature tokens. And then it's an artifact equipment actually with um, adventure. So I don't know if I've seen if equipments have had adventure. Anyways, I thought they were usually uh, creatures. But anyways, then the equipped creature gets plus one plus one for each creature you control. Yeah, that's... It's uh, I do like when they add new uh, abilities. So you know, it's always uh, as long as it's at least interesting to to try them, and at least they're you know always adding, and uh, so that it makes every set different. So that is a uh, that is good. So lots of new abilities. I you know, so I said I got the I had mentioned this right before we started. I'm like I'm probably gonna get my delivery, and so it worked out well because I hadn't looked at the new commanders much. I mean, I've seen they've been doing reveals. I always play it at the store. I'll have on uh, like game nights or something on youtube at the store and i just never pay attention so i now have the commanders sitting right next to me i will grab them and not talk away from the mic as i've learned i was yelling at my brothers when they did that too it's like they just start <laughs> talking to each other and they look off into the distance i'm like i have to edit that later don't <laughs> it's so easy to do all right so i have uh the commanders so I will just do a quick rundown of each. So the first one is called uh, Draconic Descent. And it's uh, the commander is Furkrog Cunning Instigator. It's one red, a blue, and uh, three. It's a legendary dragon, has flying in haste. Whenever one or more dragons you control attack an opponent, goad target creature that player controls. Whenever a creature deals combat damage to one of your opponents, if that creature had to attack this combat, you put a 1-1 counter on Furkrog, Cunning Instigator, and you draw a card. So uh, this one says that even among red dragons, Furkrog stands out as a manipula manipulative and deceitful. He uses trickery and is master of illusions to turn friends against one another and ruin the lives of the heroic and righteous. While he may, while he may be a being of absolute evil, he's just so good at it. Red uh, dragon, blue dragon, who gives a shit, right? <laughs> and on the back, man, is a, a red uh, elf shaman. I don't really remember seeing many red 
Like red There's elf, an elf shaman. shaman that's uh super I think it's actually banned. This uh, is, is a one red and four additional Bayloth Baratil Entertainer. Creatures your opponents control with power less than Bailroth Baratel's power are goaded. Whenever a goaded attacking or blocking creature dies, you create a treasure token and choose a background. Yes, uh, I was thinking of Deathrite Shaman, which I think is a pretty awesome uh, card. So yeah, this deck is called Draconic Descent, and I know I've already been mentioned here uh, that... Uh, Pretty much all the guys, Brent Dillon and Devin, I've mentioned, are all interested in that deck. So that must be one that uh, people are liking. The next one is uh, Mind Flayers. Flayer. Man, Flayer. Mind Flayer. And then it's like F-L-A-Y-A-R-R-R-S. Like a pirate. Typo, you think? Just kidding. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's Captain and Gathrod. It's one black, a blue, and three additional. It's a horror pirate. Horrors you control have menace. And I'm saying horror with an H. Not Whenever a, a horror who control deals combat damage to a player, that player mills that many cards. Ugh. At the beginning of your end step, choose target artifact or creature card in an opponent's graveyard that was put there from their library this turn. Put it on the battlefield under your control. And then this one says, any adventurer can tell you that a pirate captain is dangerous, an evil image or evil mage is deadly, and a mind flayer is best avoided at any cost. Captain Ingathrod shows that sometimes the whole is far crueler than the sum of its parts. He commands the scavenger, a spell-jamming vessel designed to travel through space. Wow, that seems, that's pretty sweet. And is, uh... Yeah, they, and they each show their background, so this one has a, it's called the Haunted one. I won't read it, but so yeah, it's uh, blue and black uh, with horror creatures. I'm sure you'll you'll know which one I'm going to choose, by the way, after you uh, look at all these decks. Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> next one is the, uh, I'll, you'll, we'll see if you can pick which one, I guess, before I just spoiled it. But Fel, this one's called Exit from Exile. I like Exile. Feldhorn, a Feldhorn Dreadwolf Herald. It's, uh, she's one green, a red, and one additional. It's a human druid. Whenever you cast a spell from exile or a land enters the battlefield under your control from exile, create a 2-2 green wolf creature token. And I can tap one and tap it, discard a card, exile the top card of your library. You may play it this turn. This would work great if I had green in my exile deck. Yeah, then, I'm sure they'll get some wacky uh, combos with this deck because uh, there's those multiple green creatures where you can lay an additional land. There's uh, that artifact where you can lay lands from your or play lands from your graveyard. Oh yeah, jeez. And then if you got red, you can discard a bunch of stuff. Yep. You know, sure will get wild. Well, this says uh, Feldhorn leads a militant sect known as the Shadow Druids. They believe civilization presents a problem to nature, and Feldhorn sees herself as a solution. Herself as a solution. With her dreadwolves, horde beasts driven by vengeance at her side, she is potent ally and a deadly enemy. She sounds bitter. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta yeah, cast lots of cards from exile and get rewarded each time you you do. Use her ability to hunt down your strongest cards, then trample your opponents with giant creatures. This deck looks pretty fun. I, the blue and black one that you just read, uh, the flare one, eh, not so much. Well, we the got one more. Descent. Not much. We got party time. 
This one is, uh, so we got Nalia D'Arnis, maybe. One black, one white, and an additional, a human rogue. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may cast cleric, rogue, warrior, and wizard spells from the top of your library at the beginning of combat in your turn. If you have a full party, put a 1-1 counter on each creature you control, and those creatures gain death touch until end of turn. Oh, man, yes, and there's, a, there's an orc, which orcs are my favorite, probably, of the fantasy creatures. I mean, I love my orcs in Warcraft. And there's Barakos, party leader, is another creature it's showing. It's a, it's one where it makes it a cleric, rogue, warrior, and a wizard, or it is. Whenever it attacks, defending player loses X life, and you create X treasure tokens, where X is the number of creatures in your party. It also has choose a background. Anyways, I, I think I'm gonna like these. Uh, I, I like, I like the D and D um, theme in these more than some other, you know, I think themes that have uh, been. It just fits so well with Magic for some reason to me. Yeah. Um, and this one, uh, I'll read this last part. Born to a noble house of moderate means, Nalia was trained as a wizard from a young age while sneaking out at night to train as a rogue. She is eager to ally with adventurers and fight to protect the weak. If her choice of companions leads her to take part in any wrongdoing, she makes amends and brings the villains to justice. So yeah, that, that one might actually be interesting to me because I wanted to make a party deck. So I'm actually, after reading these, I was going to say I would have went with Exit from Exile, which I still might because it might be interesting to mix green into my, uh, my Exile deck. Exile deck. Um, so that could be in that case. I don't want two exile decks though, two different exile decks. So after reading this party deck, I think that could be the one I lean towards uh, and try out the party mechanic. You, Luke, I know you've hinted already, but well, there's only one uh, deck with uh, white in it, so yeah, obviously. But uh, yeah, I definitely picked the party time one. That one looks pretty fun, and I also have wanted to make a, make a party deck at some point. I tried on Arena, and it sucked ass. But <laughs> I, I made one, you know, uh, previously just from that last set, but it it just didn't have enough. Uh, it just didn't have enough. I don't know power and wing cons and things. It was more for fun. So hopefully, this adds a little bit more power to the party deck. So yeah, I think we both, which is probably the first time and maybe only time, would we agree on the same deck because I normally wouldn't pick one with white. It's white and blue are my two least played colors, but uh, I mean it does fit with you know having clerics and you know the the different you know warriors even. I mean it it's one color I think that does have all those or you know many of those, so it makes sense. So I think that's what I might lean towards. Oh, I will say I'm probably not going to be able to uh, get any big decks or even cards for a while because my transmission went out in my <laughs> yeah. in my super sub my Subaru, so I bought a brand new uh, Jeep. Oh, you instead, so you did end up yeah. getting. You were telling me the other day you were looking at trucks, and I said SU Jeep is the way to go. I mean, yeah, I mean it's trucks were super expensive and also uh, delayed a long time. So right in town here, they had a. It's one of the smaller Jeeps, the Renegade, but uh, the brand new ones were pretty cheap and they had good deals on them. So, nice, and by cheap, nice. I mean not cheap, but cheaper than a truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I got to cut cut back on spending and. Well, you got to do some trading. That's what I should do, yeah. Uh, so, how about this? In interest of time, because uh, we're going to do another episode, should we just keep it magic and just. Uh, 
review issues nine and ten, and then we'll save the rest for uh, yeah, next. for sure. That's a good idea. Uh, so I'll go ahead and uh, on each of these, I'm going to read just a little blurb. It, it just uh, helps everyone probably remember since it's been forever and uh, just about each issue and then we'll we'll give our thoughts. So issue nine uh, of Magic the Gathering from Boom Studios. Kaya, Vraska, Ral, and Jace assemble the most powerful planeswalkers from across the universe as a war breaks out. But the terrible and ancient enemy they face is a force too powerful to face head on uh, with, what's their name again, Luke? Merritt Lang. Merritt Lang, because here it has redacted, because they didn't want to spoil it, I suppose, headed their it way. It sounds like a, a 90s sitcom actress. <laughs> Merritt Lang. Yeah. With uh, Merritt Lang headed their way, the only way to save the multiverse is to make a dangerous alliance with death. Will their veritable array of powers hold off the teeming dead and lead the true threat into their trap? And the best part of that, even just that right there, was uh, where it says, assemble the most powerful planeswalkers from across the multiverse. The second page of this issue, it's a pretty epic picture. I actually remember when I was reading this out back at the store, Brent was out front, and I walked out front because he hasn't, I mean, he loves magic, and he hasn't been reading these, but, you know, he loves the history of it, you know, and the story. So that second page is sweet, where it's got all the different planeswalkers gathered. Uh, we yep. got a Johnny, uh, Jaya, Chandra, some I don't even know, Arlen Kord, Angrath, Teferi, uh, Sahili Rai, Karn, Basri Ket, and Samut. Uh, yeah, those yeah, are... they're uh, pretty. It's a pretty epic picture. Yeah, I don't know who's your favorite planeswalker out of those. Man, I, I, a couple of them I don't even know, but uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, well, the one I would probably choose, they probably wouldn't even be here because the ones I like wouldn't be here. But I like, so I want to uh, learn more about Karn. I'm actually, I have a few Karns in the store here that I'm. They've been sitting there, and so I've always been interested in, I think, that storyline, like going back to Karn and... Uh, Tempest? Yeah, right? yeah. And Ber so, is it Mercadian mascot masks? Yeah, I forget that set, but uh, yeah, so yeah you got all those books. I, ha I have a bunch of those books, too, but yeah, yeah they talk about Karn and how he uh, became a pacifist, and I think eventually I always started fighting again. Uh, I'm just going to mention this as a spoiler for next episode, though. I will give you the preview of a Johnny Goldmane. He has a one-shot from Boom Studios. But um, the big thing in this issue is uh, Merritt Lang is coming, and they are finding a way to lead her away from landing, you know, in any of the planes that they don't want pretty much destroyed. Yeah, um, where they could do as the least amount of collateral damage as possible. And and also in the beginning, they kind of show them bickering and, you know, they're not very cohesive. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and so what they end up finding, though, is uh, or coming to is one place that, you know, is already just a barren wasteland is Amenket. Uh, so th they start to come up with a plan on how they could make her go that way and she she's all about followers so they're uh i don't i really don't really want to spoil but they find a way to you know uh, i mean get, it's it's guess, pretty old yeah so, they, so spoilers if you're uh on not past issue yeah. nine or ten yet yeah so they, cause there's all the the monsters and zombies or whatever they are on Amon Ket. they find a way to work with uh liliana vest is who the that was kind of describing in that thing you know she can talk to the the undead and they all use their powers like kaya can talk uh you know or to just i think ghost or ghost. yeah and so they come up with this way to use all their powers to 
make these the undead in this Amenket uh, pretty much uh, follow or well, whatever, you know, uh, um, Merit Lang. Because they use Jace's, uh, yeah, mind power to, yep. I think, put the... Make them uh, start to worship Merit Lang, right? Yeah, like worship. all the dead zombies. The <laughs> and yeah, also a side note, uh, who brought up to bring everyone or bring Merit Lang to uh, Phyrexia to try to like, you know, have them destroy each other. Oh, yeah, but yeah. Then I think a Johnny or Karn is like, uh, you know, what if they complete Merit Lang and then all of a sudden Merit Lang is a, you know, Phyrexia and then you know, it'd be unstoppable. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so no, they, so it kind of ends where they, you know, they came up with this plan. It seems like it's gonna, you know, hopefully work at least to get her land there, you know. But uh, the part of it is, is they have to fight off all of those undead until they get everything, you know, in place. Um, so anything else on nine? Because I mean, that's kind of the the whole gist is them trying to figure out where to send her. Then they're there and you know coming up with this plan, and then she's just about to. You know, to land pretty much, I think, in uh, the end of nine. Yeah. Well, and did you say that it was Kaya that was like, you know, thought of all this and she was like writing it oh, all yeah. and tried to explain yep. it to everyone? And then like Rail kind of finished her sentence. He's like, we're going to, you know, like, and then they just. So it was Kaya's kind of like big scheme and, you know, thought of all this. Yep. Good point. So yeah, that Good was point. basically nine. All right. So we'll go to, so we also read 10 and it says it's open war on Amenket is planeswalkers battle an entire plane's worth of ravenous dead. The plan is made and the stage is set, but against overwhelming odds and with Merit Lage's arrival imminent, can they unite to stop her once and for all? And with the stakes, unlike anything the multiverse has seen before, can our coterie of heroes be victorious without paying the ultimate price? So yeah, this this is where we were talking where they're in a battle for their life because as they're trying to get this all in place, they're uh, just swarms and swarms of monsters and zombies and whatever is all the undead are swarming them, and so all those planeswalkers we mentioned before are you know fighting and they have to like keep the little group that's trying to make this uh, plan happen they have to keep them safe as they're you know trying to whatever they're doing commune with the dead and <laughs> this whole process yeah they got chandra and uh naya you know burning everything uh semut and uh basri ket kind of you know doing their thing and then angarth you know smashing everything while uh kaya liliana rail and Vraska and jace are trying to get their yeah plan set Yep, yep. So that, yeah, it's a cool scene where they show each of the different planeswalkers in their own ways just destroying. <laughs> yeah, Teferi kind of. Yep. I don't even know what he does. Makes him go into a different time zone. But then uh, Arlen Cord, she's the werewolf, so she turns into her uh, the werewolf shapeshifter. Yeah. So once once they you know so you know they they're able to hold them off, and all of a sudden they stop. You know the the plan starts to to work. You know they're able to start to control them. And uh, sure enough, you know, she's now, you know, headed their way. Uh, and uh, I guess, is there anything before kind of the, the decisions kind of made at one point that, uh, you know, they start to realize that, or, you know, that they're going to have to stay, like he has to stay, Jace has the to stay. spoiler alert about Jace. Yeah, I know, which, <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, a spoiler, like people are going to, 
Yeah, you know, it's been it, a while. Yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, Jace is wanting to just pretty much, because he has to stay until the very end. If he goes too soon, it might divert the plan and everything could fail. So um, then uh, Vraska, you know, she doesn't want to leave him. And, uh, you know, so just as this, you know, this is just about to happen, the final approach, um, everybody else, zoom, you know, shoots back to the other. That was the plan. You know, they shoot back to, where do they go back to? Uh, plane shift probably to dominaria is it uh, that's yeah, or wherever or is I, it ravnica ravnica probably the main yeah so all of a sudden they're back and then uh you know they're pretty much like where the you know where the heck is uh uh Braska. Braska, and, she, and jace yeah and so they're you know they're hugging and you know they're gonna just be together as this pretty much the end and then out of nowhere uh kaya in her ghost form flies in and uh takes Vraska back to uh again we assume Ravnica uh, and you can you know Vraska's not very very happy uh that they did that um and so now they're back in Ravnica and you know she lost Jace at least that's what we think I mean at this point you know we don't really know he was just there as she slammed into the world and who knows what's happening I guess but uh then it's like all of a sudden you know it's the next day and uh they're back. No, well, actually, so they went somewhere else because then the next day they're back in Ravnica at the very end. So I bet they went to Dominaria because yeah. it looks like, uh, yeah, Teferi's home yeah, is so where they went to. But then, yeah, they go back to Ravnica and everyone's like pissed at Planeswalkers. Yep. They're just like, you guys, you know, they brought the monsters here. It's your guys' fault, you know. And then they're like, you know, you, you can't stop all of us. So now it's, I think it's, uh, all the non-planeswalkers against the planeswalkers and so yeah that's that's it's kind of cool i think this is all kind of worked out i think we're leading into the next arc kind of because you know i'm assuming this is still going to be part of the story but now it's uh you know they're in a different world where people are not fans of planeswalkers yeah yeah so we'll see what they have to face there and if they ever go back to jason amonkhet with merit lang or whatever but yeah, well, and so we're going to, like we said, we're going to split this up into another episode that'll probably, it should, I'm, I'm saying this should be, you know, soon we should have episode 24. And my thinking is, Luke, uh, if we have a few days, we should read 11 and 12, if you've got them. Yeah. And did you ever get uh, the Tezzeret? I didn't get the Tezzeret one, uh or that one-off, there was a Planeswalker one, yep. like Hidden Planeswalker, yep. I didn't get that okay. either. Well, so yeah, those will be coming up at some point. I do have them again. I was going to read them and give them to you. We forgot about that when you stopped oh, yeah. at the store. But uh, all right. Well, yeah, so we talked some magic and we'll next episode, uh, I'm guessing it'll be uh, probably almost a normal episode because it's been so long because I'm, I'm guessing we're going to have more magic to talk about because I have Boulder's Gate in store. I'm doing a draft uh, tomorrow at the store of Boulder's Gate. So I'll have that to talk about. Uh, I also read uh, Image Comics, Commander in Crisis. Uh, one and two that I'll talk about, and I've got tons of games and uh, TV stuff. Uh, we've been binging a, a, a couple shows, so uh, we'll yeah, talk about uh, those. With uh, Stranger Things four, Obi Wan, we'll talk about. We kind of did with the I did with the brothers on this episode that is right before this. Uh, and what else came out? Oh, uh, the boys season three, which I just finished season two. I don't know if you're reading the comic book, but that'll I, I be fun am, yep. to. Yeah, it'll be fun to talk about that. Yeah, 
Yeah, so yeah, we have a lot more to talk about, so definitely we'll need uh, uh, probably another episode. If not, we'll just uh, keep going into hopefully just having episodes on a more regular basis. Uh, so yeah, with that, this was episode 23 of the Hobby Shop Talk podcast, and we'll be back with you hopefully, uh, I'm guessing, within a week or so. So until next time, go play some games. Thank you.